welcome to this week's episode of Unscripted Energy. I am one of your hosts, Nora Nopal, and I'm joined by my co-host, Pat Jones. Unscripted Energy is a podcast focused on the healing properties of energy work integrated in everyday things in everyday life. Unscripted because it's just that. Unscripted, unedited authenticity from two people working in the field of energy and spiritual wellness. So tune in, not just to us, but to yourself and experience unscripted energy. Well, welcome everybody to another week of unscripted energy. Good morning, Pat. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good, Good evening. evening. <laughs> whenever, whenever you're listening, yes. that's where we are. Yes. Good. Good day to you all. Yes. Thank you for being with us today. Um, mm. We appreciate your listening and. Nora, I yeah. believe it's your turn this week to choose a word for us to delve into. You're right. It is my turn. And I'm going to pick again from our words that we got from our followers. Um, so kind of have those in a separate stash from words that we we, we picked, um, you know, that we would we'd pull from if we didn't have viewer words or follower words. Um, and so today's word is going to be guilt. That word comes to us from our follower, Lindsay Esker. She contributed the word guilt. And just like we did last week, I'll give the dictionary definition of what does Merriam-Webster have to say about the word guilt. And they define guilt as the fact of having committed a breach of conduct, especially violating law and involving penalty. That's one use of it. It's also the state of one who has committed an offense, especially consciously. Feelings of deserving blame, especially for imagined offenses or from a sense of inadequacy. And a feeling of deserving blame for offenses. And so, um, you know, although this is this is unscripted, it's really interesting because Pat and I, before we, we started today, we were having a brief conversation about, um, you know, something that uh, my family and, and dealing with. We lost a close member of our, a uh, friend of our family yesterday who... Um, was my, my, my little lady friend, Mama Irene. And uh, I was telling Pat that, you know, sometimes when people pass, there's a lot of guilt that can sit with people for a variety of reasons. Yes. Yeah. Um, but before we dive into that, um, it's so interesting that that word comes up because we were just talking about guilt right beforehand 
So I would like to start us off with just a, a brief meditation, I think, around that kind of helps us to maybe center our thoughts and our ideas around that kind of dictionary definition of what guilt can be for people. And so wherever you are, if it's safe to do so, you can close your eyes or you can just turn your gaze downward and just tune into your breath and allow the words to kind of flow over you and through you and around you. And just allow yourself to absorb whatever you might need from this conversation and this meditation. And take with you what it is you need and leave the rest for another day. And just begin to center on your breath and your presence here today. And we thank you for your presence here with us. And as I say these words in the present tense, maybe say them to yourself or allow them to just settle where they may for you. If there's guilt that you're filtering through or working on, maybe these words will help you to sift through that and to help you own what you need to and let go of the rest. I let go of others' expectations of me. I let go of lofty expectations of self. I let go of false authenticity that is masked in those expectations. I just let go. I no longer live to please the them And in doing so, I embrace the me. Namaste. 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 Yeah. So don't you find, though, sometimes, Pat, that that is how guilt is shaped, right? It's usually yeah. from an expectation of someone else put on you that you couldn't live up to, or that maybe perhaps there's feelings of letting people down. Um, when we don't know, sometimes I think guilt is guilt's not really always wrapped in the truth, I think. It's this idea of what, of this perception sometimes of what we think the truth is. Yeah. We, uh, tend to 
tend to put that on ourselves many times. Um, what you said really, really made me emotional in your meditation. So, um, and you said, let it settle. And it settled uh, in my heart, uh, brought tears to my eyes. Um, thank you for, thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that. When I think of guilt, I think, I think guilt is also, like within guilt, hope still resides, if that makes sense. Because I think, when I think of that, and what I mean by Hopefully. that, what's that? Hopefully it does. Hopefully it does. Because mm -hmm. I think if you have, I think if you have guilt, that's weighing on you, there's this hope of forgiveness. Yes. That whoever the other party is that you feel has this, that's putting this guilt trip on you, or if it's on yourself, that you can let go and forgive yourself for whatever you did or didn't do, or that the other person can forgive you. I think where we start, there's all, to me there's no, to, to me hope is everywhere, it's just sometimes we have to dig deeper to find it and yes. that digging deeper is when we let guilt well up and build to the point of shame because like I think that that's like that next step right right let... and and also let it sit like a uh, it festers a, 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 a leaded weight yeah. In the in your center somewhere where it can, I mean, I think when I think of the word guilt, it's it. I just feel a heaviness. Mm -hmm. It's such a heavy emotion, and as you were saying, letting go, that that is something just crucial to be able to do when you are feeling guilty about something. Mm -hmm. Because carrying that around is, you know, a bag of bricks on your back. Absolutely. And it sits, you know, in that energy core, like you said, it 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 sits on your heart, but in all honesty, it, it, it bubbles up from, you know, way down in your, your sacral, it's formed and it just, that energy continues to just flow between the heart and the sacral, you know, and you think about from an energetic standpoint, all the organs that are in that area of the torso, you know, if you're not dealing with your guilt and you're can be manifesting physical symptoms like stomach pains and back aches and um, quite literally heartbreak, um, depending on the nature of your guilt. Probably digestion. Mm-hmm. Yep. I see that come up quite a bit when I'm working with people, you know, that they have this, um, you know, underlying, um, you know, gastral kind of situation going on, and it's, they've been to all the specialists, and nobody can find anything. And you start to unravel the spiritual side of what they've been holding on to, and then when you can really tap into that, 
and the symptoms alleviate, it's when you realize that, I, I've said it before, the spiritual aspect of our feelings is the, and, and our health is one that is completely, I don't think it's been, you know, completely um, tapped into and explored to the depths that like, you and I do in our practices. There's so such value in it because, you know, we hear that story a lot. You know, I've gone to the doctor and nobody can find what's going on. And it's, oftentimes it's an emotional or it's a spiritual disconnection. It's all so intertwined um, together mm-hmm. that if, if you're looking at one, you kind of have to look at all. The whole holistic approach to... Right that uh, integrated wellness, which is why it's such um, a popular movement right now, you know, integrative medicine, um, because people are, you know, on the mainstream side of things are really starting to see that, um, you know, that benefit of the holistic approach at looking at the person and not just the symptoms, you know, and then going back, going back to guilt, you know, um, I've been, I've shadowed doctors and they've asked, you know, um, a couple of DOs in our area. I've shadowed them, and, and they ask questions like, are you dealing with a lot of stress? Have you had, you oh, know, nice. grief and things like that? Because they recognize that, you know, things like guilt and grief and and um, shame and uh, that, that it really does weigh on you, and it does have physical and emotional components that we don't often realize. And we talk about words here, so the word whole, holistic, the root is the word holy. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you brought that up because people often, even though there's no W in the front, people often think it's whole as in whole person, W-H-O-L-E, mm-hmm. when the root is not, she's correct, it's whole as in holy, H-O-L-Y. Yeah. So when you take a moment to let that sink in, uh, having that complete view of mind, body, spirit, emotions in dealing with whatever you're dealing with. And there's so many layers to guilt. Like as you were talking about it, you know, you can have, maybe layers isn't the right word, categories of guilt. Like you have survivor's guilt. If you've dealt with some really big trauma and you were the lone person to come out of something, you know, people deal with that in PTSD, survivor's guilt. You know, there's this thing called mom guilt now, right? Where, um, you know, we have to, I don't know exactly how it works because I don't think I ever suffered from I don't. I don't. I, I don't keep up on the the <laughs> current vernacular. Yeah, I I, I think you might have to explain, <laughs> might have to explain that one. <laughs> I think it's the um, idea of um, like having to um, like put your foot down and then you know they you know and be the bad guy um, and they feel bad yeah, about man. it. You know, um, I I never felt bad about having to be the bad guy. Um, so, I was going to say, I, 
there was something we might get off on a Thing, but there was something recently that said something like, I was a mean mom, and kind of, I'm proud of it, <laughs> you know, I was, you know, I stuck, stuck to my guns, and, and, you know, did the discipline, and, and, you know, yeah, I, I didn't feel, you know, there might have been a tiny little feeling bad, you know, at some point, but, you know, you're I, just... I, mean, I think it would depend You're on the situation. I don't, um, you know, I think mom guilt too can sometimes be that like um, absence of like working moms, you know, not not being able to be there and, and, and being able to allocate time and starting to feel, you know, really down and letting it get to you that I'm missing my kid's soccer game or I can't go to her dance recital because I have to work, and well, you know, sometimes you know, if you're a single parent, you got to work to pay for those dance lessons, you know, that you oh, might not be able I, to make it to everyone. Um, mom, I think, is a perfect example of this because it's doing it all. We do it all, and mm-hmm. uh, I'll put single parents necessarily in that category because I know some single dads that do it all on their own too. Yeah, I do. yeah, I, I, I don't mean to leave anybody out, but... Um, I knew you didn't. Uh, I guess, yeah, whoever it is trying to do it all. Or even stay-at-home dads. I guess they don't necessarily have to be single, but yeah, they do. They have to do it all because the one... I mean, and I found... You know, we have some, some people in our family, um, you know, have dealt with this, you know... Um, like Chris, you know, he used to work third shift in the hospitality and he would sometimes get that kind of parent guilt because, you know, he literally would go to work overnight, get, leave work, go to school and be in class from like 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. and then come home and lay down for a little bit before getting up and doing it all over again. And sometimes he couldn't be, you know, at Emily's bowling matches or different things because you know he was wore out he didn't have any more hours to give yeah Yeah. and I think that comes with mom guilt too is that sometimes we feel guilty when we do things for ourselves like if we need that bubble bath right you know we got to shut and lock that bathroom door and have five minutes to ourselves in the bathroom um scheduling that self-care time yeah yeah and I think that um you know, I don't know if that comes from like, you know, these super moms where then we start to internalize like the mom shaming, leading us to feeling guilty about, you know, um, things that we either do for our kids or don't do for our kids. Um, I, I know one mom who she's very conscientious about, um, you know, she she won't get, like, Nikes and things like that for her kids. And it's not that they can't afford it. But she would rather them instill in them that, you know, these shoes are just as good. And we can give this money so another kid can get a pair of shoes, you know. Yeah. Instilling those values. Um, so, yeah, sometimes, you know, I think that mom guilt can come from a whole different 
a bunch of different directions or dad guilt, parent guilt. On the other side of that, there's that a different kind of mom guilt. The guilt trips that we can, the manipulative side that parents can lay on their kids in order to get them to do things. That, oh, what? <laughs> you never did that? Yeah. Maybe it was just me. <laughs> We're laughing, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. My kids tell me that, um, I, I, and I've become mindful of it because of how, you know, I talked to them when they were younger. Um, they said to me, you know, don't guilt trip me. And I used to tell them, and I still do believe it to an extent, that if you feel guilty about something I'm saying, then that's on you internally. Like, then there is something that you're doing that you feel guilty of that I just haven't found out yet. <laughs> and trust me when I tell you that I'll find out. And they know that to be true now. Because of instances where they have done something and then I show up at the scene and they go, how did you, oh, you just know everybody. I do know yeah. everybody. Yeah, you can't. You, you can run, but you can't hide. Mm -mm. Yeah. Yeah, case in point, I'll tell a quick story about that. My, She didn't even live at home anymore. My uh, One of my daughters was in a car accident and uh, had called for me to come because the car was disabled. Shoot, they were fine, but the car was disabled, and they needed a ride from the scene. And um, I I showed up, and uh, she was in, sitting in a cruiser because it was cold, and um, I showed up on the scene, and the officer knew who I was. We went to high school together, and she was like, of course, you know my mom. My mom knows everybody. <laughs> but there's not a thing you can do yeah. that I won't find out about. And I the same goes with my grandkids now. I had a a grand a grandson who's in high school, and he um, uh, he apparently asked he asked I won't call it out in specifics, but he'd asked a a prominent person in in our town's daughter out for homecoming, and I got a text asking for me to vet my grandson. How do you know this child? How do you know this child? Your friends on Facebook, and I'm like, oh, that's my grandson. Admit, he's my grandson. He's my grandson. He said he's a good kid, and he knows he better he better be a good kid. Why? You know what? What has he done? What's going on? Yeah, and oh, then wow. I couldn't wait to get off that phone quick enough so I could text my grandson and go, "Oh, so <laughs> you have a date, huh?" Oh wow, I love it. Yeah. Why am I hearing about this from her father? <laughs> so there's guilt. Guilt can kind of go both ways. It can be funny like that, I suppose, but. Um, you know, it, yeah, I, I think the way I'm glad, that, we, I'm glad we've been able to laugh a little bit because well, this is a heavy topic. It is. And I think I was just going to say the way that you lighten guilt is in my experience anyways, a couple of ways. There's that forgiveness component that we just talked about, either forgiving yourself or whoever it is that wronged you. There's Which you kind that. of have to do first. You have to, you know, yeah. you really have to forgive yourself first before you're going to get anywhere. Absolutely. Because the other stuff, I, I think maybe it, it goes in tandem, I was going to say, is um, having empathy. You know, empathy and understanding. Um, I know I've talked with Pat about this before, but the, there's in, in the Hawaiian culture, they don't, they don't believe in forgiveness. 
um, which I found really interesting when I learned about this. Um, they believe in the um, idea of understanding. They offer everyone understanding because then there's no need for forgiveness. And so if you think about that in the terms of guilt, you know, how, how much that would alleviate whatever you're dealing with and lighten that load if we just had a little more empathy and understanding for ourselves and for ourselves first, yeah, yeah. for ourselves first, for sure. And for each other. Um, that's not to say that, you know, people who do her, you know, heinous things, um, shouldn't be accountable or that, you know, you're letting people off the hook by offering them understanding or forgiveness. Um, but, you know, not doing so could eventually, you know, eat away at you and that's not doing you any good by you continuing to suffer and be potentially a victim of whatever they've done. Right. Yeah. That's a really interesting concept of, of the... No, for not using forgiveness, but understanding. That's really something that you kind of have to sit with, yeah. I think. Oh, yeah, because that understanding is not going to come, like, automatic or without practice. And forgiveness doesn't either. No, and, and just because you do it, you know, you do it and you say it, just because, you you know, you do it and you, you say it and you commit to forgiving doesn't mean that if you're triggered somewhere down the road or, um, you know, reactionary because of something that reminds you of that instance that you're not going to get brought right back there and have to work through and cycle through it all over again. Um, do you think that guilt can be a useful emotion? Other than the 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 um, manipulating your children to do what you want them to do, um. yeah, that's about it. <laughs> um, it doesn't seem like it would be. Um, because what is it getting you? Well, there was there was a study that I remember reading a while ago. And it had to do with um, with guilt around um, different aspects of the coronavirus, like guilt about social distancing and guilt about being away from your family and um, ah. and things like that. And I remember the um, I think it was a psychologist out of UCLA. I don't have her name. I could look it up, I suppose. Um, but this is unscripted. But I just remembered that um, she was a psychology professor from UCLA, and she would, said that um, all of our emotions have a function. And in particularly, it was guilt um, is useful in that it can show up as an alarm that we're stepping outside of our value system in some way. Okay, so that goes along with uh, any any negative emotions um, 
are not bad. They're here to keep you safe. They're here to keep you safe. And what does um survival our survive we're we're programmed to survive, not to be happy. There we're programmed go. to survive. Yeah, that's what I was that's what I was trying to remember. We're programmed to survive, not be happy. And our brain and our mind work in tandem to help us to be safe. Once we are safe, then ha we can arrive at happiness, I believe is how the proverb goes. Mm -hmm. But we aren't, we're not set up to, to function in that way. Um, we have to choose. We have to uh, choose to be happy and peaceful and joyful. That's right. Those things. There is um, something about Maslow's hierarchy. I, I am going to look this up and just see real quick of um, about guilt. There's a different like layers. I was talking about how um, where guilt shows up, like you know Maslow's hierarchy of our needs. Um, guilt shows up in that. Um, in, in a way to, I, I believe it shows up for us in our, like you were talking about, in that safety needs, you know, safety and security. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, when we are, um, when deficiencies arrive in, or, or arise um, due to that deprivation or that, you know, those needs being unmet, not feeling safe, not feeling secure, um, you know, then guilt can come up in those you know and and i think that's when when those needs repeatedly cycle through and become unmet um you know it starts off as guilt but like we were talking about how it can fester and grow and become shame and despair and i think that's when we start to that's when the hope starts to fizzle out we start to lose hope that we can get better or feel better or arrive at some kind of um, um, what's the word I'm looking for to arrive at some kind of a restitution or around this um, you know I'm not sure you know if there's a way to resolve it other than just being able to um, fulfill, you know, that safety and security sometimes, or being able to wrap your head around, you know, those universal needs of being, um, being safe and secure and having what you need. Um, yeah, guilt is a tricky, tricky thing. And it's interesting too, because, you know, guilt for me anyway, in the way I've experienced it, um, again, it has it's that multifaceted, multifaceted, and and it has layers. But Pat was really right on when she was just talking about how, you know, in order to overcome guilt, it really starts with forgiveness and forgiveness of self first. So when we come back in a moment, we're gonna dive into that just a little deeper. So it really gives me a lot to think about. So stay tuned. So we want to 
pick back up where we were talking about um, that whole idea of, you know, for, forgiveness being that component. You want to talk about that, Pat, about being that that thing that you have to you have to have in order to overcome guilt. You have to have forgiveness for yourself first. Um, and I think when you were talking at, at the beginning in your meditation, you talked a lot about letting go. And if there's uh, anything we need to let go of, it's guilt. Um, because it just seems, and you were, you were talking before about a hierarchy, and when you were saying that, um, I thought, well, guilt just seems like a really low vibration. It absolutely is. I'm glad you brought that up. It's a very low vibration. Um, when I was thinking about the um, the hierarchy, you know, not having that safety and security, like I was just talking about, um, is one of those components of, um, like, that's rooted in not having, uh, is, is what root um, guilt is rooted in is not having that safety and security. If you think about, you know, any, any of those types of guilt across the board, um, you know, not having that safety and security or that expectation that you thought was going to play out, um, feeling let down and whatnot, and being able to kind of, like I said, forgive yourself for those lofty expectations that you set, you know, in the first place. Um, is I think key to helping overcome that. Um, there was something else I was going to touch on about that, and I don't remember what it was. If it's important, it'll come back to me. But yeah, forgiveness is um, is extremely important. And oh, we were talking about the vibration. That's what it was. Vibrations of um, emotions. And there's um, you can look it up. You know, if you're um, you're listening to this and you're curious about it, there's a vibration of emotions chart. And it goes from like a thousand to zero and a thousand being the God consciousness. Um, and I won't read them all, but a thousand is like this God consciousness. Gratitude is like a 900, just to kind of give you an idea. And then you start to go get those like, it's not that they're not, they're not good, you know, but you get like joy vibrates at like a 540. Um, when you're getting down into guilt, it's a 30. It vibrates at a 30. Wow. Yeah. And, and I didn't, I didn't realize that. That's, I have to look at that. I, I think I have heard of that, um, chart. Yeah. Not once. But I never um, really looked into it, so that is really interesting. Interestingly enough, you want to know what other emotion is paired with it at 30? Insecurity. Oh. oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, we were just talking about that. So, you know, Wow. and what we're talking about here, this emotional vibration, 
um, kind of frequency that we're speaking of is and, and there's there's a bunch there's a bunch of different charts if you look out you know if you, you go to look at what the emotional vibration chart is um, what happens is when we're um, like if they were to do like um, oh I don't know if it's infrared or if it's um, oh it's a body heat map when they Somehow do measure. yeah Somehow so, do that. right when they do the body heat a body heat map to see how our temperature fluctuates our body temperature fluctuates with um, um, the different emotions. Um, neutral, when you, if you see a body heat map, the um, intensity, like at neutral, like if you're just emotionless, it's just kind of a bluish black. So there's no intensity in at neutral. And then when you're feeling depression, that um, that body heat map, it looks very cold. Like it's almost bluish on your extremities, you know? So if you think about, you know, some, the image of somebody being depressed, you know, folded into that ball, like they're cuddling themselves and and comforting themselves. Um, on the other side of that, um, that guilt feeling the, the body heat map guilt all of the energy is located in your torso from your collarbone to your pelvic bone when they do the body heat maps and why that's interesting is that's those emotional channels that you're putting out when you're feeling that and so that intensity is affecting all those organs yeah, that's kind of what we were talking about at the beginning. Yeah. Your your core, your your organs, your all your you know your major systems in your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of when we all of our energy we talk about you know all energy thoughts emotions all energy. It's right. We vibrate on certain levels for a certain reason. Um, you know, everything on the earth vibrates at a certain level for a certain reason. Um, and we need to adjust our, you know, intensity um, by, you know, being able to control our emotions or being more in control of what they call our, our EQ. If you've ever heard of that, your emotional quotient or your emotional intelligence, um, you know, just being heard it specifically put that way, but being more self-aware about those things that set you off. So just Um, to think about. Yeah. And this makes me think of one of my favorite things, Qigong. Love it. Because the good news is we can transform our energy. That's right. 
and Qigong saying is emotions blow through us like the wind through the trees. They don't have to, they don't have to stick, you know, the ones that you want to let go of. They don't have to take up residence in places that we don't want them or need them or aren't serving us well. Um, there, there are lots of beautiful ways to transform your energy and tune into the frequency that you flourish and bloom and grow at. Yeah, we are literally programmed to experience emotions until that program is dissolved and replaced by another one. It just continues to cycle. And so by the time we're adults, we have so many unresolved experiences that many of our responses are automatically negative because we just continue to cycle through and then perpetuate different events for, you know, setting us up for experiencing that, that lofty expectation and then it doesn't follow through and then it reinforces our initial learning and we get caught up in that negative cycle. It just continues to filter. And so the breaking those negative cycles through Qigong, through meditation, through self-awareness, um, can help you to be able to um, not just strengthen your, your EQ, but also um, help you to vibrate higher mm-hmm. and to help heal those organs in, in your spirit so that you can function, um, function better so that you can um, be well holistically. So yeah. Hopefully you'll share a little bit of um, Qigong here in a little bit at the end. Um, yeah. That would, that would be wonderful. Um, I had another question for you about um, about guilt and Qigong, when you were talking about, um, you know, what, you know, what about the blowing through the trees and so forth, is there, um, I know like in Qigong they talk about like the 12, is it the 12 meridians? Is there some kind um, of aspect to healing or am I thinking of something oh, else? No, this, I mean, this is going to quiz me. Um, <laughs> I put her on the spot, see? Yeah, yeah, I would, to be accurate, I would have to look it up, um, but the, like, 12 primary, um, it's either 8 or 12. Uh, kind of like with yeah. the chakras, whatever, depending on who you learn yeah. from, and right. And then there's, oh, there's, there's so much to it that, you know, I've, I've studied a lot, but I don't have it, you know. I didn't I mean, mean I think, to put her on the spot no, there. Okay. That's all right. But meridians are rivers of energy that 
that flow through the body, um, you know, head to toe, and and they they some of them correspond to the the major yin organs, um, which there's five, <clears throat> and you know we could. This could be a whole thing <laughs> we, we, we won't get into, but um, in in Qigong, it's um, and just that term rivers of energy. You know, think about a river with boulders, you know, and something damming up the river that you would want to clear. And our body is very wonderful in that it can find, you know, if there is something it has to move around, it's going to find its way. But optimally, you want those channels, that river, clear and flowing. Um, flowing water does not get stagnant. Mm -hmm. They, you know, and so in Qigong, then, it increases that flow of energy in the body and allowing for not just that relaxation and the release of, like, tension and stuff, but um, can help positively charge you through getting that yeah. moving, that energy moving how it's supposed to. Um, well, emotion, E, energy, motion. So, oh, I never thought of it that way. And, yeah. Um, hmm. And I, I love the, the image of wind blowing through the trees because it just, it gives you that feeling of um, that energy that um, doesn't feel good. I can move it. I can clear it. I can cleanse it. I can, that's why in Qigong we do at the beginning of class, um, a lot of times we do clearing exercises and, you know, again, we're back to letting go and tossing away what, what doesn't work for you, what doesn't feel good, what, what's weighing heavy on you. And, um, I mean, that's, that's the, the good news <laughs> is yeah. that, um, when things are something like guilt is weighing heavy on you, um, there's, you know, gentle movements that you can do to release that or help release it out of your body. Mm -hmm. Same thing with like um, EFT, emotional freedom technique, the tapping um, mm -hmm. that I do with, with clients sometimes. You can use tapping to... Um, you know, recite different mantras to help release the guilt and to tap into the authenticity part. Um, when you were talking there, it reminded me of, you know, I wanted to talk just a little bit more about that authenticity part. What I mean by that is, you know, if, we're, if we've got guilt that's kind of stuck with us and we're working on that forgiveness part, um, you'll hear me say this, question a lot because I think it applies to a lot of things in life 
um, it helps to bring us right to present and helps us to be able to tap in and do that self-awareness and authenticity check-in, which is what do I know right now to be true? Um, I ask myself that frequently, all the time, like all the time, about a bunch of different things. That's what, a good question. Well, yeah, what do I know right now to be true? And what that does is it helps me to check in and go with guilt and say, right, is this something I'm putting on myself? Right. Like, you know, I might have these lofty ideas of, oh, so and so is probably going to make me try to make me feel guilty because I didn't do this or I didn't do that setting you know we're we're preparing ourselves for some emotional blowout that probably isn't even going to happen yeah yeah and so you know oftentimes it's really that guilt is just within ourselves and being able to just own up to you know what i messed up i apologize um i never meant to hurt you um, that wasn't my intention. Don't make excuses for it. Just own yeah. up to whatever it is. If it's yeah. on the other side of the other person that y- you need to forgive, what is holding on to that doing for you and for that relationship? If that relationship is just gone, then let it be gone. Right. And just move on with life. So, you know, if it's meant to be repaired, then try to tap into that understanding piece um and and forgive and and repair it and you know see if you can and if you can't then be okay with that don't feel guilty because it it ended you know try to wrap yourself in the in that growth and that awareness of i did everything that i could do and it was just time to move on. And accept what is. And accept what is. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be easy? <laughs> no. No. Nothing that's tied to emotion ever is. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. That's, why, it, they call, that's why they call this energy work. Because <laughs> it's work. You got to do the gong. Gong means work. You got to do the gong. Gong means work. G- you right but it, but it's good work it's it's uh, something that brings those those higher vibrations it's so hard to look at ourselves though oh yeah you know why that is because we also have this image in our heads and this lofty con- um, preconceived notion that we're perfect. <laughs> I heard something recently, I can't remember where it was, and it said something like, we don't see ourselves in the mirror when we look angry or frustrated mm-hmm. or sad or, you know, pick one. Mm-hmm. We, You know, when you look in the mirror, you know, you, you see what you see, you know, you're fixing your hair, you're, you know, shaving, you're doing your, you know, thing. You don't, you're not scowling in the mirror, you're not, you're not mad, you know. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was so interesting because we, you know, we don't always 
look at ourselves with that. No, we don't. You're right. Clear lens. You're right. I mean, I think of, and I do, one of the trainings that I do, um, in one of the modules I, I teach for this training I do is on self-awareness. And one of the things I tell my students is, um, you know, in this day and age of, um, of, of Zoom, um, you know, is working on your poker face, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because I've heard that. I've heard that too. You know, we. I'll tell them. You know, when they're when they're, we're doing like emotion. We're doing like um, motivational interviewing and stuff. And I'll tell them, you know, fix your face, fix your <laughs> face, because so, you know because sometimes it it, it will. I love it. Well, it'll. You know, we'll we'll go. We'll, we'll do something. You know, you guys can't see this for. For podcasts, but like we'll raise our eyebrows or roll our eyes and roll our eyes, yeah. Yeah, and and we don't know that we're conscious. We're doing it unconsciously, and and um, you know, so I'll tell them, you know, all the t to do that because your face will tell on you every time. But you're right. When we go to look in the mirror and look at ourselves, um, we're looking beyond that. Um, when we're when I do mirror work with people in retreats, you know, gosh, I have to spend a good three to five minutes getting them to just look in their eyes. Yes, and then try to say something like, "I love you. You are awesome." <laughs> you know, and try I can, look go in ahead the mirror and say that to yourself once in a while. And I can always tell which ones are just saying it. Because there's no emotion behind it. They're just over-enthusiastic. And I'm like, you're not, you're looking at your ear or something. Like, you know, or your nose. You're not looking at your eye. Because if you're looking at your eye every single time, anybody's ever locked eyes with themselves and really tapped into their soul and said those things, the floodgates open. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But I always know when they start to laugh and they're just kind of saying the words. I'm like, you're not looking at yourself. You're looking at something else in that mirror. And so when we are faced with that word guilt, we don't ever look at ourselves first to see what we contributed to that. That's hard. Yeah, and if you, if you have, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's tough. Yeah, and if you haven't, if somebody else is, you know, putting the, you know, putting the guilt trip on you, like I said, going back to that parenting thing, if you have nothing to be guilty about, if there's no truth in the accusation, then let it go. They're wrong. You know, the person's just wrong. Um, that happens sometimes, you know. You get falsely accused of things and just let it go. They'll have to reconcile that on their end. It's not up to you to reconcile or defend yourself or prove if you know that you're right. If you know that you're wrong, admit you're wrong and mm -hmm. fix it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Thanks, Excellent. Lindsay, for giving us this word. Wow, yes. Thanks, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Lindsay. She'll laugh at that when she hears it later. No, it was that was um we we had a a windy road there. It was it was really cool. <laughs>
yeah, there's just so many layers to guilt, you know, and it'd be interesting to see um, what her feedback is about about that and see if we tapped into anything that she was looking for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that is a loaded word for sure. And like I said, underneath that, if you don't work on it, that's when the sh shame and despair comes. So the sooner you recognize guilt when it comes up for you and you work on it, the better you'll be. Yeah, so, with that being said, I'm going to put Pat on the spot. What would you like to, uh, what would you like to teach us today about working through our guilt? Well, um, I was uh, thinking what to do first would be just for, to kind of, um, close with a little Qigong meditation yeah. and um, wherever you are, if you're able, if you're sitting somewhere, laying down, um, if you can and wish to, uh, go ahead and close your eyes and just hands on the lap, palms facing up. And just feel the aliveness in your hands. We talked about emotion, we talked about energy in motion. Feel the aliveness in your hands. that there might be an area that might feel a little heavy or stuck. You might see a color like we were talking about with guilt. It could be in the, the torso. It could be a dark color. So if you feel anything like that, sense anything like that, just kind of feel what you feel. And we're just, just normal breathing, just If I, if you would like, I invite you to, on your exhale, you can exhale out softly through the mouth and you can imagine 
one thing I like to do is just imagine like uh, for something like this, um, exhale out like a, a gray Just a little moment there of letting go, letting go of, if you can, some, if there's energy weighing heavy that you want to let go of, and you can take a few moments anytime, like if you're doing uh, some regular practice, whatever. is it makes space it makes space for the, the pristine clear energy to come in take a nice deep breath hands together. And hold your palms of your hands in front of your face, like a couple inches away from your face, not touching. And then we're going to inhale and move our hands up a little bit and then come around and make a heart shape in front of our face. Inhaling up and exhaling as your hands come down, kind of your fingertips down by your chin. Just make a heart shape in front of your face. Still feeling the energy in your hands, feel that that chi, that life force energy. Moving in to the body.
piece. And one more time. And one more nice deep breath to close. Namaste and peace. That was wonderful. Thank you for that, Pat. Thank you. And I will just end by saying um, that wherever you are and whomever you are, you are worthy. You are enough. And if you wish to be gentle with others, be gentle to yourself first. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unscripted Energy. I'm signing off. I'm Nora Noble and Pat Jones. And we'll see you next week. have been listening to Unscripted Energy, a podcast by hosts Nora Noble and Pat Jones. The viewpoints on Unscripted Energy are those solely of the hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of our followers or commentators. Thank you for tuning in to Unscripted Energy.